0: This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Knockout Podcast, episode uh, 45 now. Um, Yeah, we're back for another week. Uh, We were just talking before we came uh, on air that... We we only got around about three hundred and thirty uh, viewers on our second last podcast. Um, not quite sure how. Um, we know it was a McGregor week, um, so the algorithm clearly likes McGregor. So we'll just keep saying McGregor, McGregor, McGregor. Yeah, there we go. That should uh, boost us up the algorithms. But um, yeah, me and me and Jack are back for another week. Um, Jack, how you doing?
1: Uh, yeah, doing doing pretty good. Um, it's absolutely freezing um, now. I know we had in the summer we were always complaining
0: about how hot it was. Um now I'm freezing. It I know snowed we've quite had a lot of snow. Um <laughs> here in Durham, everyone's been uh, everyone's been snowing down the big hill. or snowing down, sledding down the big hill. And and you know, I love I love everyone putting it on their Instagram stories. Cause honestly, if if it wasn't on everyone's Instagram stories, I would not know it was snowing. So it's great that I've just got everyone keeping me up to date. <laughs> I don't even see it. But anyway, well, uh, enough of the snow. Um, yeah, we today we're going to talk uh, UFC Vegas 18. I think that's what number they're on now. Um, Overeem versus Volkov. Um, and then move towards a, uh, well, a, a, a piss poor, for lack of a better word, um, paper <laughs> at the weekend, which, uh, although has got an intriguing main event, uh, has got not really a whole lot else to it. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. We'll no, start- I mean, Macy Barber is the co main, and that tells you everything you really need to know. Yeah. Um, Macy Barber coming off a loss, and Alexa Grasso, I think, (laughs) also, I know, coming off a win, but.
1: uh.
0: I do do like Alexa Grasso, to be fair.
1: Um, Can't argue with that. Um, I don't know. I hope she boxes Macy Barber up, but we're getting ahead of ourselves.
0: Yeah, we will. We will return to that thrilling co-main in a, well, probably about twenty minutes. Um, but we'll start with um, Volkov versus uh, Overeem. Um, do, do you want to start at the top or, or, or should sort we of work work our way up? Um,
1: we'll start at the top, mate. As well.
0: Okay. Uh, main event: Volkov defeating Alistair Overeem, uh, second round TKO. Um, I, I, I sort of said that uh last week we had um the the final evolution of uh Alistair Overeem uh in the in his in his in his previous fights in this sort of like hybrid wrestler, um sort of come rope a dope um covering up and, <laughs> and what I didn't realise is uh he was gonna go through a final evolution before this fight um into an old man who probably should retire. Yeah. He did like he did not look very good at tall um
1: he looked like he did like a a lot of the similar things like just backing up to the fence quite often and covering up um but kind of the main differences here to other fights is that he looked kind of offensively fairly impotent like he had what he tried to do a few times was he'd swing in with like a big overhand left and then try and clinch off of that but volkov managed to frame and deny it every single time he tried it Um, and so he could not get, like, any clinch or grappling game going at all. And he also looked, um, like, very fragile. Um, he got hurt by jabs, like, multiple times. Like, they really stung him. So, um, yeah, he's, he just looked like an old man in this fight. <laughs> no uber or nothing left. It was just old man. Yeah,
0: no, it was a, uh, a really... Um... Sort of, sort of, so, so sad performance. What, well, as I said, as I said you mentioned there, he um, was very slow. Um, I think also he, I'd, I'd found in his his other fights, he'd been quite good in terms of um, fighting or sort of, sort of, you know, his distance. If he was, if he was going to fight a distance, sort of like he did against Rosenstruck with the leg kicks, not getting into anything too, um, too chaotic. He was, he was good at doing that. And then sort of in some of his later fights, he's been good at sort of getting in range. Getting in the clinch, getting his knees off, or, or, or getting the takedown. Here he was just sort of like stuck between two, and he was just sort of standing in the pocket, yeah. um, and against a guy like Volkov with his reach, as you said, just jabbing him, um, going well, well, well enough to the body, given um, that 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 high guard that over him um, sort of takes up and and went over him, sort of shelled up. It was it was really easy pickings. He was sort of jabbing, going going sort of through the guard, around the guard, um, and it was. Yeah, I mean a solid, solid performance, but a marked, markedly uh, regressed over him in in this in this in this performance.
1: Yeah, it is difficult to say how much like he's necessarily regressed and how much was due to um, Volkov. Like, I think he did have particular trouble with the range of Volkov. Um, it meant that he really Volkov had went over him, tried to like get into the clinch it's volkov had kind of so much time to see it coming because he's so much further away than like other people might be um which meant it just had those like extra split second or whatever to get the frames in and frames in and just deny it completely um but i think he did look far more fragile um, as i said uh, compared to other fights and that is one of the things that like you really look for if you're looking for like a downturn in a fighter um and that was pretty clear to see. Um, over him really couldn't take much punishment at all. Um, although, like, he did obviously by the end of the fight absorb quite a lot. Um, very little things were hurting him. So, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, impressive by Volkov. Uh, he did what he needed to do, and he looks he looked far more aggressive, I think, than he has in some previous fights. Um, so that is like kind of a a good point for him and obviously a good point being able to at least deny the clinches and not get kind of grapp- out grappled very easily like he has in the past so a, somewhat of an improvement so it'd be interesting to see what he does going forward.
0: Yeah I think um much talk has been made of um, him perhaps fighting the winner of um, not next week's main event but perhaps the weekend after that We we've We've seen when he got a, a run of heavyweight main events. Uh mm. and I think I think Strike Gann is coming up in in three weeks' time or, or two weeks' time. And perhaps yeah. the winner of that makes um makes the most sense of him being, as you said, much improved, more aggression, more um urgency uh in his in his in his offense. And um yeah, I think um stopping the takedowns um was certainly much improved. I, I'm I'm sure that's something he's been um was was working on in preparation for this fight and as sort of a a consequence of that um mauling he 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 received largely at the hands of Curtis blades probably about six months ago um but yeah good yeah. win for him um who knows with Overeem? um i think i'd probably like to see him retire i'm i he probably won't it it depends you know we talked <laughs> we talked last week about um um, that contract he had and he, he is he is getting paid well so um, it depends how many fights he's got left on his contract um, but I, I'm, I'm I'm sure he'll he'll be keen to sort of step down the heavyweight ladder again and um, fight a few more times against other guys and and, and see out his contract because um, this this sort of attempt at um, a time to run if it if it ever really was that more than sort of like a um, a, a bit, a bit, a bit sort of jokey within the MMA community. It is it, sort of clear that he is now um, beyond sort of the top seven, eight, nine, probably ten in the in, in the heavyweight division.
1: uh Yeah, he did say like I think after the Rosenstrug loss or something, he did say this was a final run. Like he wanted to put together a win streak, and when the win, streak, he wanted to then obviously take that to the title. Um, but if that win streak kind of failed that he'd retire. So he might do um if he stays true to that, but generally MMA retirements don't last and um yeah, his contract, I don't know if he does have like if he has a, only a couple of fights left on that he'll probably he'll probably fight those out cuz why not. Um yeah, I could see, I could see him doing that. Um it just depends. I'd probably like to see him retire, but if he gets like has one or two more fights against lower-ranking heavyweights. He'll probably he could win them both. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's not. I don't, he's not looking like terrible, terrible. Like it's just that this fight was quite bad for him. But against yeah, certainly lower people, lower-ranked people, I could see him. um I could see him doing a bit of a better job, but also as I said, he looks a lot more fragile, so he could end up just getting absolutely slept by them as well. Um,
0: so who knows? It's kind of the, the way at heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. And, and the way with these sort of old, older UFC stars, there's a very much a, a go out on your shield mentality when it comes to retirement. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll move past the main event. Um, I mean, we go to the, to the co-main. Um, so, similarly with uh, Sand Sandhagen fights, um, we don't we don't we don't seem to have a whole lot to go off. I remember we went in to the Algermaine Sterling fight with a whole lot of intrigue to see how that one would would go, and that lasted sort of all of a minute. And um, we went into this one perhaps with not the same level of intrigue, but still this was a, a fun matchup. Um, you know, Edgar coming off that win against Minios, and Sand San- Sandhagen off that win against uh, Marlon Mairice. Um, we got we got thirty seconds of it and a few leg yep. kicks before a. Uh, I mean, a beautiful flying knee, um, and and Santa takes the victory. There's, there's not really much we can we can say about this, you know. <laughs> no, you know, Ed, Edgar didn't really do a whole lot wrong. He just, I mean, you know, went in went in for the takedown, perhaps a bit predictably. You know, he didn't really set it up. We talked about him sort of chaining together stuff, and, and perhaps in going for that takedown, he didn't really chain things up. But equally well, you're not expecting a, a flying knee to be timed right like that towards your yeah. your your face and to knock your spark out like it did. <laughs> yeah you said it was a fun
1: match but I doubt it was that fun for Frankie Edgar um, but yeah it was it is a difficult thing to like quick matchups is always you're still left with like kind of a lot of questions but you can just say that like what happened Edgar kind of pressured him to the fence early Sanhagen circled out um, yeah a few kicks and then the Edgar kind of either I can't remember he either looked to land yeah like go for a takedown or land kind of more of a, a dipping shot or something and then just got his head kneed off like pretty much the first time so the timing on it from Sandhagen was very impressive like the way he managed to do that without really getting any reads at all um was quite impressive and it's not like Jorge Masvidal was where like against Ben Askren where be. he just like launched himself because he knew Askren would do that like Edgar's got a lot more nuance to his game so um Managing to time that so quickly is, to me, quite a lot more impressive than Masvidal's. Um, And it was a very scary knockout as well. Edgar was down for the way he fell, how long he was down for. It was, um, as like, Frankie Edgar's obviously a legend. Um, It's quite hard to see sometimes like that, but it was beautiful stuff from Sandhagen. And um, he's probably going to get the title shot after Jan and Al. Joe finally fight if they ever do. Um, it's been building for a while now, so I yeah, to get I saw, that, um, that done.
0: I saw something today. Uh, him, I I presume in some interview saying he he would entertain, um, the possibility of a of a a, a returning uh T J Dillashaw Ooh. sort of yeah. final eliminator. Um, which I can I can I can get on board, with. I think I think I'll also if he chooses to turn down that fight, um he he is the number one contender and he should get, and he should get, yeah. the, you know, if, if, if that fight doesn't come to fruition for whatever reason, Sandhagen is your man to fight the winner, as you said, but the, uh a, a, a Sandhagen welcoming back TJ Dillashaw after his um sus- suspension is a, is a nice, nice alternative. If, uh, if not.
1: Yeah, that's true. I haven't heard, it's weird because I haven't really heard anything about TJ Dillashaw because his, Suspension is now up. It was over last month. Yeah, it wasn't. Up for a month and we haven't heard anything really. Um, a few fighters calling him out. Yeah, it was January. Um, so yeah, a few fighters calling him out, but um, from him, I haven't really heard anything. So yeah, it would be interesting. Um, if they give him a title shot straight away, that would be awful, terrible matchmaking. Um, I'd hate it. But something like, yeah, Sandhagen-Dillashaw actually sounds... Really, really good. Uh, someone else called him out recently. I think Jose Aldo
0: called him out as well, didn't he? That's um, cool. So that could be all right as well. So yeah, I yeah, wonder I whether it's it. um something. Perhaps it's uh, he. He's got to. Well, I'm. I imagine he's still in the uh, in the UFC um, testing pool. But I, I I wonder whether he has. Will to, be. Yeah. I wonder whether he, you have to serve. Uh, six months after your your suspension before you allowed before you're allowed to fight. I've I've no idea what the um what the rules are. I don't know. I should probably know more about that. But
1: like I think I think when they're on suspension, like the two years, he should he remains in the Usada testing pool. So Usada should be testing him over those two years. So he shouldn't have to wait six months because the six months was for retirement where they weren't getting tested um, yeah. over all that retirement time. Um and then they have to wait six months um, to get back into the pool and make sure that like they've not got any kind of long term things. Um, whereas Dillashaw should have been being tested the whole time, so I sh- he shouldn't have to wait six months. He should be able to just fight from the suspension.
0: Yeah, we we shall see. Um, anyway, yeah, like uh, with John, with
1: sorry, yeah, with John Jones. Um, yeah, sorry to interrupt uh, again, John Jones. I think his. His fight with Cormier at two fourteen was booked before he finished his suspension. And when they went they had like the press conference, John Jones was still technically suspended, which was like one of the things DC was like saying to him at the press conference. Um, so yeah, you should you don't have to go through that six month delay yeah. when you're when
0: you were suspended. So yeah, you should be eligible to fight. Yeah, that has been I haven't seen him sort of pop up in any interviews, but um, i mean the the sheer fact as you say that that pe- people are mentioning him and calling him out must mean that he's a uh, he's he's nearing a return um but we'll we will we will see um elsewhere on the card uh i mean guida Johnson was uh um you know what everything everything we sort of expected it to be um clay guida sort of grinding it out this was you know we we said oh michael johnson looked um looked good in his good in his last fight against Thiago Moises. You know, in in that in that first round, uh, he did not look uh, that good. There was a lot of swinging and missing, and a lot of sort of yeah. Across, <laughs> <lining> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It was
1: everything. Ex- it kind of everything what we expected. What we expected was Michael Johnson to look good in the first round and then completely implode. Uh, what happened instead was he just didn't look good at all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah,
0: that was the fight.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it was just um, not
0: particularly interesting. No, not the best of. Uh, Pantoja cap, that was fine. All right. Nothing, nothing way we report. Uh, we'll, we'll go to uh, the last one that we sort of previewed heavily, which did get fired tonight. I just checked that now. Yeah. Um, Benil Dariush, um, Diego Ferreira Benil Dariush taking the um, split decision, although I probably thought he should have won it unanimously. Um, but that's sort by the bye
1: uh yeah well i find it a bit weird to, that it was a split um i thought that it was fairly clearly dariush that won this um i don't know what two rounds you'd give for here to be honest i think <laughs> i'm trying to remember the rounds clearly but in my head 30 27 for dariush would have been a not terrible score um so yeah a bit of a bit of a weird scoring but a very fun fight um so, yeah i did we did enjoy that we did preview that and we did say that that would be five of the night. so um it's a win for us um and yeah no I did really enjoy that one what what do you think of
0: it yeah i thought um i thought Benil looked good um he did he did um strike me as perhaps uh, his 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 game planning was a bit more one dimensional than i thought i thought he would um Keeper on the well, at least I thought he'd, he'd be more willing to strike with Ferra, but I think quite early on it, it was clear that he saw his um, best pass to victory as uh, getting it down or at least a, a more, more sort of grindy win. I thought Ferreira did come into it um, more towards the end. I could see the final round being given to Ferreira. I thought he was beginning to get better, his boxing was a bit better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think particularly there was um. You can say, "Oh, you know, Fehera had a bad fight. You know, Fehera, fair fought fought a good fight. Didn't, couldn't quite um, get get a, get a, get a stuff going on the ground when he was taken down, uh, which you know is difficult if you're if you're working working for the back against a guy like Darius, who is, you know, a good wrestler in his in his in his own right. Um, and yeah, I was impressed, with Darius. I think I think if this if this went longer than three, I think you'd probably see Fehera would grow into it, and I think Fehera was growing into it." Um, it's a difficult one for Dariush now because he's the guy that is now running a, well he is on a big um, win streak I, I, don't, I don't know how many now this is in a row this might be sort of four or five no six wins in a row but he's a guy that provides probably quite a tough test for a lot of fighters I think probably a lot of the guys above him would, would, wouldn't mind it but it, it doesn't really provide much upside um, fighting him because um if you fight him and uh if you fight him and lose then that's obviously bad, and if you win, I'm not sure you, you get a whole lot of credit for winning it for for beating him
1: yeah this is, this is groundbreaking analysis if you fight him and lose that's bad yeah. there you go <laughs> um yeah no i no, I do get what you mean though like there is there isn't much to gain from a win against him, and obviously a lot to lose <laughs> um yeah no he is like just kind of a, a tough matchup for a lot of people um due to him just being fairly competent everywhere and we said he's not yeah, and like he isn't very athletic and that does go against him but he is still like crafty enough to make it a tough fight with everyone apart from the really upper echelon um so yeah he's not a very high value fight that people want to be taking. Um, but I found it, yeah, like Ferreira just really couldn't get kind of his own game going. Like, he didn't pressure Darius at all. Um, he had a lot of trouble being able to do that. Um, so he kind of relied a bit more on a kind of pocket countering game. So like Darius would lead, Darius would initiate um and then Ferreira would uh, counter him in the pocket and that did work for him a decent amount um, but he just really wasn't able to stop the takedowns um, it's like very um, kind of low level analysis but like that's just what it comes to like he just couldn't really stop the takedown um, and then couldn't get much going from his back because um, it's very difficult against a confident wrestler um, so yeah it was a bit disappointing for Darius I really do like him as a fighter Um And he is getting on a bit, so whether he gets another kind of like run towards the top of the division, I is not guaranteed, so which is quite sad. So I'd like to see what Dariush does from here and I'd like to see what Ferret does from here.
0: Yeah, we shall see. I mean, in the lightweight division, there's no there's no shortage of fights. Um Available, I think for some, for someone like Dariush, perhaps could look up for maybe someone like Hooker, perhaps. That I'm not sure that would be a, a bad fight and, and for Ferreira I mean, perhaps the Drew Dober fight that was that was called off. That's a that's that that's a fun fight um, that that can still go ahead. Um, elsewhere on this card before we move off, um, what else was there? Uh, Molly Molly McCann lost um, again. There was um, some. I think I think she had her dad or, or her granddad. Um, passed away or was always severely ill. So I think that that might be playing on the mind, but not her best performance. Uh, so Lal, who we talked about, he lost to, to Seung Woo Choi. Uh, some cracking pronunciation. Um, yeah, that wasn't his great either. But a, a few a few stuff to talk about and some some good um, some some good fights in there, if nothing else. But yeah, moving on to the weekend and UFC 258. Um, there's some good fights on the card, there's some fun fights, but perhaps um, not a whole lot with um, huge top-end division relevance, perhaps, but, well, perhaps ultimately bar the main event. Um, sort of elsewhere on, on the card, um, I know we've talked off-air, but what are what are some of the fights you're, you're sort of looking out for?
1: Um,
0: Apart from obviously
1: the main event, uh, Richard's man, Brian Kelleher, I think will be a fairly fun fight. Um, I think decently favour Simone. I think he's I think he'll probably just kind of they'll have fun exchanges on the feet and then Simone will probably hit like reactive takedowns is how I see that fight going for quite a lot of it. And I see it being fun and scrap um and Keller and threaten, but he's got a fairly good guillotine. Um yeah he's got a number of finishes with that actually. Uh, yeah he's quite a good guillotine so he probably I don't think he get it on simone um obviously you could um but i think that'll be a fun fight um for you know, probably go the distance to be honest um simone's not much of a finisher um so yeah no that'll be fun um i'm excited for that one and it's very nice and early actually as well so i could watch that before i go to bed um
0: this is very true so that's cool um elsewhere on the prelims, um Andre Or Chris Gutierrez. that could be a fun one. I always think Andre Or's a fairly fun fighter. Um Bilal Mohammed someone someone I've always sort of kept an eye on. Um he can could... Yeah, I do like Bilal Mohammed actually. I I forgot that he was on this card, I've just seen him now. Um
1: yeah, Bilal Mohammed is always fun. He's like one of those guys that's like not kind of really super athletic and isn't very doesn't really have like a dominant kind of area, but um he's very, very scrappy and can really make a fight with most people. And to be honest, I think he'll probably probably be Diego Lima here. Um so yeah that'll be cool. Bala Mohammed, it's fun.
0: Um who else? Adolfo Vieira, who is um obviously very um high profile in the world of Jiu Jitsu. Um he's coming in for his uh, third fight now in the UFC, fighting against Anthony Hernandez obviously main headlining the the prelim portion of the card so obviously they obviously someone who they want to give some exposure to he'll be um, good fun to watch on the on the main card um, sort of taking up the um, Guida versus Johnson in brackets but a bit better quality um, veteran (laughs) fight we have uh, Bobby Green Jim Miller Uh, Bobby Green who we always say has had a had a, a a fairly active twenty twenty, uh, beating uh, Clay Guida actually, uh, Lando Venata, Alan Patrik, and and then losing to Thiago Moises, um, Jim Miller, who got a a good victory against uh, Roosevelt Roberts, um, but then lost to to Vin Pichel. Um Just a just a good fun veteran fight, really.
1: Yeah, um, I was going to say like, it is that kind of like throwback fight, but. Although Bobby Green's actually, like, doesn't seem that old. Not uh, Yeah, actually, no, he is older than I thought. Um, but, yeah, this is a lot more fun than Guida Johnson. Um, Bobby Green's always good fun to watch. Um, and, yeah, his 2020 was had quite like a number of good fights. His fight with Venato was very fun. Um, and his fight with Guida was good as well. Um, so, yeah, I expect, I don't see really, I don't think Jim Miller has much for him. Um, on the feet, Green's defense is kind of too slick, and Miller just—I don't think we would really be able to get anything going. And Green will probably kind of counter punch him up fairly consistently. Um, and Green's got good takedown defense and solid kind of a bit more kind of out there grappling. It might not too out there, but like he's got very good defensive grappling, um, and it's quite fun. Um, so yeah, I expect. Bobby Green should take this one, um, but in what will be quite an interesting fight.
0: Uh, Yeah, elsewhere on the card, what have we got? Uh, Maki Patolo, Julian Marquez. I'll give a quick shout out to Julian Marquez because he hasn't fought since 2018. I think he had a a really bad, I think it was a shoulder injury, but was was supposed to come back, I think, a couple of uh, months ago in November, and that bout was cancelled. He now um, hopefully gets his fight against Maki Patello. and I did, and, I- and I give him a mention purely because his nickname is uh, Julian, the Cuban Missile Crisis Marquez. Um, not quite sure what the relevance <laughs> of that is, um, but if if anyone's got Cuban Missile Crisis as as a nickname, they they automatically get my attention because I mean, what? <laughs> Kelvin Gastlin, Ian Heinisch um I think I saw before we start recording Gaslim made weight which is normally uh, one of his main problems or at least coming in in, in some shape uh, he's on a 3 fight skid, which is uh, not great although when you look up at when when you look at it um it is at Till and Hermanson. so um you know three three very solid uh, guys up inside the top sort of 6 7 of the middleweight division um coming up against Ian Heinisch who I'm not really sure what Ian Harnish does all too well. He's just sort of like does everything to sort of like a good standard, but nothing's really stood out when I've watched his fights. Uh,
1: he's a very good defensive grappler, um, like a very good anti-wrestler. Yes. But like <laughs> Kelvin Gaston not going to try and wrestle him. So you, people kind of just get tired and frustrated trying to take him down. Um, I remember Derek Brunson basically just picked him up and carried him, but still like basically couldn't take him down um, from what I remember. Uh, so that was quite funny. But yeah, he's just, he's a bit meh, but like interesting to watch people get frustrated to try and re- trying to wrestle him. But like, I don't think Calvin Gastelum's going to do that. So he's probably just going to one, two his face off. If Gals- Gastelum's like anywhere near good anymore, I don't know. Are we saying Gastelum's got worse? Mm, no, I don't know. I feel like Gastelum's still probably thereabouts we're at his like peak so he should he's just had kind of like quite rough matchups and um the thing you want the Hermanson one was a bit of a quick finish so it's hard to tell really anything about that so yeah we'll
0: see uh, I imagine Gaston will probably just yeah one to him up we shall see Uh Tomein Macy Barbara Alexa Grasso not too much to say here Alexa Grasso is fun with the boxing but never seems to knocking on out and sort of heads to decisions um macy barber who really knows um what state she'll be in i mean she she sort of trained sort of like bulldozed her way through a lot of division and then um, came up against mod mod affair i think her, her knee's been out <laughs> for a whole year so an okay fight certainly not one i'd i'd have alongside her a, a uh, well uh, that, that, that i have as a as a, a co-main of a pay-per-view but that's a discussion for another day um we, we may as well get into um the main event which is sort of as i said before the only sort of real um top of the division relevance in in any of these fights um mm-hmm. Usman versus gilbert burns for the welterweight strap um in an alternate world i i, I know um leon edwards had his um Chamayo fight pulled again. Um, yeah. In an, in an alternative. I'd like to think this would be uh, uh, Leon Edwards' fight. Having having um, you know the, the pandemic coming a week later, uh, Leon Edwards does what Gilbert Burns <laughs> did to Tyrone Woodley and is now fighting on this card. Instead, Gilbert Burns fought on the card before COVID came in in Brazil, beat D- Damian Meyer, then beat Woodley up a few months, months later, and now fights this and Leon Edwards is still waiting for his first fight since since COVID started. Um yeah. That is that is my alternate universe. But it is Gilbert Burns here. Um and I mean he's a guy that has earned his his spots. Um he's gone on a good good run since moving up to Welterweight and this has all got the added um spice, the added detail of 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 them being um well them have having been Training partners for for so many years. I know Usman's now moved out, I think permanently f- to uh, to uh, join up with um, Trevor, Trevor Whitman, Whitman. and uh, and Justin Gaethje and uh, Rose Namajunas and all all that all that group. Yeah. Which I think is always a good move. I mean, th- this is this 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 is very much a a Trevor Whitman fan club on this on this podcast. So yeah, um, <laughs> I always think that'll be a good move. But from a from a sort of very fundamental. Standpoint. How do you how do you see this playing out? Obviously, we've got Usman, who we think well, who we think who we know what is. Will will have that grindy, wrestly, sort of very very risk averse performance? But against a guy like Gilbert Burns, who perhaps won't be scared if the fight goes to the ground, and also has the hours and hours of of sparring. Do 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 you, do, you, do you think Gilbert Burns can compose a threat to Usman? Um, I think like. Yeah, you did highlight kind of the
1: training partners for years, kind of like element of this fight. I think that's very interesting. Um, both training under Henry Hoof for like all their formative years as fighters, um, they'll probably do shows. That they do have kind of like similarities, but they do also have fairly significant differences as well. Um, so, like for example, Uzman is far more of kind of like a jabber and will pull on punches. Uh, to counter, whereas um, whereas Burns will is a is well, so is kind of more of a pressure fighter. Usman will apply kind of a bit more kind of steady pressure to get you to the fence and then grind you out. Whereas Burns will more um, less pressure, but will kind of burst more into range um, and to initiate the exchanges instead of kind of like that constant pressure. Um, and then, yeah, as I said, Usman's kind of more of a like jabber and pull slip counter kind of puncher, um, whereas Burns is kind of put up put up a high guard, feel your connect, and then throw a left hook after it, um, which is what he did to Damian Meyer. So like, and Usman, and um, Burns is more kick heavy, although Usman does throw a few kicks, mostly front kicks. Burns is the more consistent kicker of the two. Um, But yeah, then another thing you said, um, which is kind of like Usman's, the way that Usman kind of approaches fights is very kind of like path of least resistance sort of way. Um, Whereas other fighters, some fighters want to go out and just fight their set kind of game every single fight. Um, slight slight adaptations to the opponent. Usman is a very much kind of... He will change quite a lot of his style to suit the opponent, and in this one I think we'll see a lot less wrestling. Um, I think he'll still push into the cage, I think he'll he'll still clench him against the cage, and we'll get long periods of those body shots um, that he lands against the cage, but I think it'll be a much more kind of counterpunch, or Kind of, yeah can't kind of, probably counterpunching um like a kind of more aggressive counterpunching say like the Covington fight um i think we'll see something more similar to that from Usman uh, which is good because um the Covington fight was very fun and the Masvidal fight wasn't that fun so i hope we see something far more akin to the uh Covington fight than the Masvidal one and i think we will
0: yeah i think um you saying there that that that's that sort all of path path of least resistance. um When we were looking at the well, when when the when the Usman Covington fight took place, I, I'm I'm not sure there was even a an attempt by Usman to to uh, initiate a takedown, and that and that's that's because he recognised um Covington's strength on the ground, and and um, you know in much in much in much much the same, but a, but a, a slightly different way. Burns Burns holds that 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 strength on the ground um in more of a sort of jiu jitsu submission sense so I, th- I think i think he'll probably try and um still look at to to push burns to the cage and to have that sort of grindy clinch work um that he did with masvidal but but perhaps yeah. not with the added threat of the takedown um but i i f- I think I think that's probably his best shot. I think if he keeps this out in the open and tries to to sort of stay with Burns in that sense, I I don't know. I've I've not I'm not sure how Burns will go across 25 minutes and, and, and as a sort of technical striker, but I, I wonder whether Burns might have the 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 slight edge if it if it if it stays standing for or, or at least in the open for, for for the duration of the fight. Um
1: Yeah, I don't know. I can see, like, Burns does hit. He does hit very hard. That's one of the things that kind of, like, as he's settled in to be more comfortable on the feet, his power has really developed. Uh, Like, he knocks out Damian Meyer with one shot. Damian Meyer has a pretty solid chin, even at his age. Um, And he knocked down Woodley, like, a couple of times. Um, And Woodley's, like, Woodley can take a hit fairly well. Um, So Burns does hit hard, but I just see that um, I think Usman is probably. I think Usman can. One thing Usman can do is probably adapt over the course of the fight better than Burns can. Uh, Burns is kind of setting his ways a bit more as a fighter, I feel. Um, he'll go out and fight the fight that he wants. Um, and if it's kind of not working, he'll just try and do that same thing harder uh whereas i feel that usman can adapt a bit more over the course of the fight um and i also yeah i think usman can usman has the better jab and can probably use that to control the fight i think and burns is quite counterable i think he did Woodley didn't have really any success countering him. One, because Woodley's really ridiculously low output these days. Um, and two, because Burns cracked him quite early on that discouraged, like in the first round, that really discouraged Woodley from trying to counter. Um, but I think that Usman can have some success countering Burns and controlling the fight with his jab and then pushing him back to the cage. Um, I think when you kind of like put that all together, I feel that. It's a fairly big ask for Burns to get this done.
0: Yeah, I I think I think it's perhaps closer than than uh than some of the some of the betting lines suggest. But I, I, I just think um coming back to perhaps perhaps some of those sort of more intangible championship know-how. Um <laughs> Uh, that's that that doesn't make for much sort of compelling analysis but uh i, I wonder whether Usman's just been there done that too many times and he, he will just he'll just find a way um to, just, to sort of grind something out and and will find a way to take the fight um into the depths and 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 into the areas where where it becomes clear that, that he's got the advantage um I think another thing to say is, is the Trevor Whitman thing. I think Usman and Burns, obviously they have trained together a whole lot. And obviously it's different for these fights. I know um, I was listening to, I think, I think it might've been on the, on the embedded um, things they were, they were talking about or, 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 or might, might've might been in the countdown. Um, Henry Hoof was saying uh, he didn't, he, he doesn't game plan. He just sort of teaches his style, um, which I think, and I mean, whilst I think there probably will be more game planning against Usman because they've got, they know so much about yeah. Usman. Um, I wonder whether um, Usman and and, and and Whitman, we know what Whitman's like with, a, with sort of adjusting to a game plan. I think Usman will know where perhaps he, he has got the edge on Burns through all those sparring and, and, and through knowing his own strengths. And, and, and perhaps Whitman is, is, the, is the kind of guy to sort of like weave that all together into, in, into a few small adjustments and a, and a coherent game plan. Yeah, uh, I think, I don't know if, I imagine that Hooft did work with Burns
1: in camp, but I know that uh, Henry Hoof said he's not going to be there. He's not going to corner either of them. Um, he's kind of like sitting this one out, um, which, I don't know, makes sense. Um, like, uh, I feel like Usman left in part because um, because he wanted to get training with Trevor Whitman, because why wouldn't you? Uh, but I feel like probably... a one of the big motivating factors for Usman leaving was, um, kind of Gilbert Burns rise. I think he left kind of like mid, uh, kind of like early, mid or mid, um, 2020. Um, and this was after Burns had beat Maya and maybe even after the Woodley fight. Um, so like seeing your probable next, um, like your probable next title challenge being one of your teammates, I can like understand why Usman kind of was like, yeah, it's probably now time to leave and get into some training with some other people if I want to. Um, so yeah, I don't see. I just yeah see it. It'll be interesting if it does go to the ground. It's one thing we haven't really talked about because I don't think that um, Usman will choose to wrestle heavily and. I think that Burns would have real trouble taking him down. I'd imagine. Um, so don't see it being on the ground that much, but if it does, it will be quite interesting. Um, Usman's a very kind of crushing, not, he's not like, he's sort of like Khabib in some cases. Um, some of his tactics against the cage are very similar to Khabib, but he's a much less dominating force on the ground. Um, he's not as good a passer. Um, he's not as good at ground and pound, and he's not as much a submission threat as Khabib is. Um, so I think there are ways that Burns could, like Burns has got quite a, quite a nice arm bar. Um, so he can threaten with that. Um, and also sweeps and stand-ups as well. So um, it'll be interesting if it goes to the ground. I'd quite like to see them grapple, but I just don't know if we will.
0: Yeah, we will see. I think uh, I think I'll lean um, towards Usman and all this. But yeah, I think um, I think we probably will see a more stand-up fight than than perhaps we have seen in in, in previous weeks or previous weeks yeah. in in previous, previous weeks. weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, we, we, we shall see. Um, obviously, we'll be back next week to to review all of that. Um, I've just had a look at next week's card, and it is uh, all. I shall say is it uh, three of three of the five fights on the main card are all, are heavyweight. Uh, oh, no. One of one of the other two is women's bantamweight. So, um, I, I'm not sure how right. much enthusiasm you'll have. Maybe maybe a Olovsky uh, Linux. Uh, Derek Lewis, uh heavyweight main card will 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 grow on me as the days go on. Um I doubt it, but but we'll will we'll we'll see where we are. Um that's a genuinely
1: yeah. awful card. I've just looked at that, Jesus. Um that's one of the worst cards I've ever seen. Like just like kind of not looking too deeply at it, that is terrible. <laughs> yeah, so look forward to that. A UFC gift.
0: Truly, um, but yeah, unless unless you've got anything else uh, you you wanted to mention, Jack. Uh, no, that's about it from me. All right, lovely stuff. Well, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, stay safe, uh, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you uh, this time next week to be uh, to talk uh, some more on the Knockout Podcast. See ya. Perthol Radio podcasts.